Well, hello, dear listeners and dear viewers, and welcome to another episode of the Unseen Process of Recruiting What Happens After You Click Submit. Well, we're in season two and episode two, and today we have the pleasure, Greg and I. Greg, hey, Greg, how are you? Hey, Michelle, how are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you for asking. It's great to see you. And today we have an honored guest. Her name is Franca Diona, right, Frank? Is that, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yes, that's fine. Hi, everybody. Hi, Michelle. How are you today? I'm doing well, Franca. It's, it's great having you here. Franca, uh, dear listeners Thank and viewers, is the vice president at ACG Resources. It's great to have her. She's a seasoned professional. And, you know, we're going to just vibe off today for the next 15 minutes. So today we're going to talk about the mature excuse me, seasoned applicant. Right, guys? That is correct. Yes. I do want to throw in there, Franca is also the voice of ACG. So a phone recording <laughs> is Franca's voice. So <laughs> very familiar voice on the radio today. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, Franca, how long have you been with ACG? I've been with the company. <clears throat> Since it started for, uh, we are now, I believe, 17 years young. And prior to that, I was with Len at another company. Uh, so it's all in been about 20 years. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yes. Um, so let's get straight to it. Let's talk about the seasoned applicant. Franca, Greg, what does the seasoned applicant look like today in 2021? Sure. So when you say seasoned applicant, in my mind, the first thing that pops up would be a candidate that has more experience um, than is required for the job. Usually a lot of times it can be title. Um, so in my mind, an analyst position, the seasoned candidate for that would be even a vice president or a senior vice president. Um, not necessarily related to age, but experience. It's a great point. That's a great point. Franca? I think when referring to seasoned candidates, also we're talking more about the experienced candidate. I would say most seasoned candidates have at least 20, 30 years of experience compared to uh, entry level or mid-level candidates. So I think the seasoned candidate is a candidate who will bring a lot of experience to the table, table excuse me, and many years of, uh, of skill. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like the fact that we're not using these terminologies that are really, they just come across a bit negative, right? Ageism and older, you know, the fact is, is that there are individuals in the market seeking employment that have a lot of experience and they should be given credit for that. And they should also give themselves absolutely. credit for it, right? What experience yes. have yes. you encountered in dealing with the seasoned applicant at ACG? So from my side, oftentimes the seasoned applicant, um, I feel the challenge when trying to get a seasoned candidate into a position that they're probably two or three levels overqualified for is what happens in the long term. Mm -hmm. Both parties have a long-term commitment to something. A company's hiring someone for the long term and the candidate's hopefully looking for a long-term position. Um, in most cases, I think when it comes to the season candidate, I think that fear comes in that it may not be for the long term, that maybe the candidate's out of work and they're just looking for something 
whether they've tried to find their vice president or a senior vice president role to hold over. And that sometimes, of course, has dilution in the market because it's maybe a lot less than what they would have been earning or what they're even worth. Right. Right. You know, they discounted themselves oftentimes when they shouldn't. If they're right. using, why discount yourself? Yes, I think there's discouragement and lack of confidence with a seasoned candidate just because there is a lot of competition out there. And most of the times a seasoned candidate will expect a higher salary because of the fact that they do have that experience. Whereas a younger candidate or less experienced candidate may take less of a salary and right there, that may kick out a more seasoned candidate if it's just going to be based on salary. So I think a lot of seasoned candidates do feel discouraged. They have lack of confidence. I've heard this personally from, from candidates, you know, that they are um, concerned about having uh, so much experience or, um, you know, not ready to retire, but maybe within the next years, they might, the next 10 years, they may want to retire. And a client may look at that as, hey, well, why should we invest in this candidate? If they're only going to stay here for X amount of years, we want somebody to stay longer. So I think it really depends on the big picture of a job title, of the company you're working for. And maybe, you know, seasoned candidates should actually have confidence to go interview and to go get a job because you, you know, experience is invaluable. You can't take an entry level and say, okay, go get 20 years right now. You need that 20 years of experience of rolling up your sleeve, hands-on. So I find a seasoned candidate very valuable due to the fact that they can bring experience to the table. They are skilled. They're usually more mature also. And I feel there's more stability with a mature candidate as well. And I think those are positive uh, aspects, you know, with mature candidates these days. Right, right. There's I, 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 go ahead, Greg, sorry. I'm sorry. There's three points um, that I would throw back that Franca just said. One with the maturity. Um, I think a lot of these seasons candidates, they already found themselves in their career. They know which trajectory they want. They're not going to hop around. A lot of times when you're taking someone who's entry level or lesser years of experience, they're still trying to figure out where they want to go in their career, what their career path is going to be. So mm -hmm. they might be a little bit of jumping around. Um, the other thing is, you know, oftentimes I, I have a seasoned candidate that will apply for a very junior position where they only need one year of experience and they'll get the, you know, you're not right for this position. I'll get the phone call of, well, I could do everything on that job. And usually a lot of times my response is I don't discount the fact that you could do it, but why do it for a quarter of what you were earning? That's right. That's what your skills were. Um, so that's the other point. The third point I truly forgot. So experience <laughs> <laughs> myself right now. <laughs> it will come to me at some point. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I just wanted to ask a question in reference to the climate that we're in in terms of the pandemic. It has changed the workplace forever. And now in workplace security, in my opinion, really doesn't exist. Um in terms of staying in a job for 20, 30 years. Granted, some folks have been blessed, but for the most part, we're in a fluid work environment now. So I just wanted to put in there that if an applicant who's more seasoned, right, um, has the experience, apply for the job. Don't worry about the perception. If you can do the job and you have the experience, apply, right, Franca? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Don't be discouraged. If you meet the requirements, you have the skills, the hands-on, absolutely apply for the job. 
Do not be discouraged because you don't know who's looking at your resume on the other end, who's going to analyze it, who you'll meet with. And I think as you know, prior, as, as we mentioned, you're really getting experience when you do hire a more mature candidate. And like Greg said, Greg said somebody who's more settled in their career, not looking to take the next jump or, hey, what's, what's my next promotion gonna be? Because they've already been through that. Right, right. Let's talk about resumes real quick. You know, the perception is for a seasoned applicant that they shouldn't have more than 15 years of experience reflected on that resume. What are your thoughts, Greg? And My opinion on resumes, I, I think they should have everything on a resume because at the end of the day, when someone's going for an interview, um, you're not fooling the person on the other desk when you show up or when they see you. If you only put in 15 years of experience um, and, and they see that progression that you're an SVP in 15, that's pretty quick. Or you became a vice president or, uh, you know, really went up on your career. It's kind of hard to omit those years prior from those last 15. I, I just believe in including everything. It shows a good trajectory. Uh, it shows what your path was and it just shows integrity. I think when you only put the last 15 years, it looks like you're not confident in yourself of who you are and all your skills. Yep. Yeah, Franca? Especially if I agree with Greg, especially if you've worked your way up in a company, let's say you start off as uh, administrative and then eventually you work your way up to a VP or a higher level. I think that shows a lot about the candidate that they've been with the same company and they were promoted from within. I think that's definitely a good thing to show. However, on the flip side, we also don't want four, five, six page resumes. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that could also run into an issue because a lot of our clients do not want to read five, six page resumes. They would like one or two pages at most. So sometimes we do suggest to a candidate maybe to put a functional resume, uh, which is a different format. Um, basically summarizing what they've done or their skills and then underneath putting where they've done it and the years, uh, you know, that they, they were at the places. Um, but it, there's always that flip side, but I think like Greg said, it is good to show all of your experience this way. There's no surprises. If a candidate, uh, you know, does shorten their resume, eventually the client will get to see you, meet you, have the zoom call with you, um, you know, and everything would be put on the table at, at that point. They, they may feel that maybe you're trying to hide something by shortening the resume. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So you wanna be upfront. Yeah, I agree. And so the, the key points that you both have, both have mentioned here is one, keep your resume brief, right? But also reflecting your experience, right? So not four to five pages or a book, but more right. like more concise and also consider the format. If you've had, a, if you have a chronological resume and maybe you need to think about having a functional one, do the research on that, get some templates out there that make, that looks current. Um, as a career coach, we also focus on the content, right? About not, not so much about what, if you need to have a resume that's for three or four pages, but what's in it, you know, the top, it should reflect a, re a current email. Um, you know, if you haven't done it in a while and now you're back in the game, make sure you're, you know, you don't show you have an AOL account. <laughs> um, 
I have, I still have an AOL account, but I don't use it for professional right. purposes. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying show a Gmail account, right? It's free. Also, mm-hmm. right? show your LinkedIn profile. Make sure that they know that you have a LinkedIn profile. So mm-hmm. any, anything I missed there in terms of the top part of that resume that should be there that you, that you both see or sometimes don't see? I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with an AOL account. I have one. <laughs> I'm, very, uh, I'm on Junior side. No, I mean, one of the things I do want to throw out there is, and it could be a little controversial, on the fact that being over-experienced is not an age-related thing. Um, you know, I, I know there could be that correlation, but over-qualification doesn't equal ageism, in my opinion. Um, you know, because there could be a candidate that's in there late thirties that could be overqualified for a position. Um, so that's just one thing I want to keep candidates in mind and, and remind them that it's not really a reflection of age. It's straightly focused on the experience. It's the fact that we don't want someone to take 50, 60, 70, 80, that 90, hundred thousand dollars less than what they're worth to do a position sometimes. Um, why discount yourself and start over from that point? especially if you are looking to stay for the long term or you're looking to continue your career growth. Greg, I agree. I, I think that it, it's true. The, the perception that we're discussing someone that's perhaps in their, uh, in their middle ages is not necessarily correct. You could be in your 30s and perhaps try to vie for a job that clearly you may be overqualified for. So I think going back to Franca's point, you know, have confidence in yourself and your abilities and know that if you've mm-hmm. done a job before that you can do the job that you're looking at again, right? Beware of imposter syndrome, right? And we'll talk about that in another episode, but basically knowing that you can do the job now, go ahead and apply. Let's talk about, wow, time is flying here. Let's talk about mm-hmm. how to stay current. You know, whether, you know, you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, how do you, what suggestions do you have for applicants that are applying for jobs and may not have the skills for that role? What could they do to be a viable candidate? Sure. I mean, I think one of the uh, best things they could do is just try to stay up to date with technology. I mean, myself included, I'm always learning something new. I mean, Google Sheets, for example, is new to me. I was an MS office person i know microsoft office very similar but there's a lot of different nuances um surprisingly i went on google and i learned how to do a lot of the things uh there's so much free information out there as well as paid courses uh it's it's a valuable investment it's uh, i'll compare it to a house if you redo your kitchen you can get a lot more on the sale same thing you throw a hundred dollars into a technology class to update yourself on microsoft office or google um, sweet or any of those, it will return back in your salary and your compensation and really make you a competitive candidate. I'm sure Franca has some input too on uh, what these candidates can do it. Absolutely. I agree with training, taking courses. Some, a lot of them are for free, as Greg mentioned. Some you do have to pay for, but they're, they're low cost. A lot of the internet training courses, but always stay fresh stay up to date. If you're an accountant, make sure you have your CPA and refresh them, renew certifications. If you're in compliance, renew CAM certifications. I think certifications are also a route to take. Um, In addition to your normal experience, these certifications do stand out. I see it a lot, um, especially with compliance jobs. They do prefer CAM certified candidates. 
Those are all courses candidates could take. Sometimes a bank will even sponsor you and pay for those courses. But I don't think um, you know they're they're very expensive anyway. They're they are user friendly, and I think whether you are going for a certification, excuse me, a certification or not, training is very important to stay on top of your skills, and so that you are competitive when you do go to a job interview. And when they ask you about your skills, you could say, well, I just finished you know a a Word Excel course, or I just finished you know a, a spreadsheet course, something where you're always fresh and sharp. And I think that that would also stand out to a candidate that really doesn't have the training or understands the newer technology. That's right. That's right. And and adding on to skills, there's also, right, Greg and Franca, the transferable skills, right? Absolutely. Creating what you've done before can apply to what yes. you're doing, what you'd like to do now. This is really important because I tend to get the impression sometimes that individuals feel like they need to negate what experience they've gained in order to be considered for the now, right? Mm -hmm. We're not talk about it. No, 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 no. To, to, to just expand on what Greg said, and Franco, what you said is that take your experience and use it and, and, and have confidence to yes. put yourself forward as a candidate. What do you, what do you both think about that? You, you know, another thing that I think a lot of candidates forget too is mm -hmm. invest in technology itself. Um, buy an iPad, have a laptop, this, and this goes across all generations. I, I can't tell you how many people I talk to whether whether they're in the beginning of their career or the end of their career um that you send something to hey could you print it i don't have a printer i have to go to the library i have to go here uh could you you know go on your laptop i don't own a laptop i mean these are things that i feel every candidate should have especially with the remote workforce now yes um, because sometimes companies don't purchase that stuff for their employees they ask you to use your personal things or it's just good to have if you have to go in uh, and dial in remotely and dial in is probably an antique term now <laughs> but um if you have to connect in i mean it's just good and on top of it they're keeping the skills sharp if you're using if you only have in your house or your residence a windows 1995 desktop sometimes you know you're not going to stay up to par with macbooks ipads iphones things like that that they have so many different technologies on them that you'll learn so much just from daily use I, I mean, I agree. I just updated my MacBook Pro to the latest uh, system, you know, mm -hmm. and it just, I was, it was, it's a whole new world for me. And I just had to go on YouTube, figure it out, do it, right. you know, and just have confidence. So uh, here's another thing. We have YouTube now, which has changed, right? YouTube yes. today used to be just videos, random things. Now they're tutorials. And so there, anything you want to learn, you can just look it up on YouTube. So um, including this podcast. So um, for, for all of those that are thinking, oh, you know, it's too daunting to, to stay fresh, just take your time and right, apply yourself to where you want to be considered in terms of your experience and your knowledge and current uh, uh, skill set. Um, with five minutes left, any any other misperceptions about the seasoned uh, applicant that we haven't discussed yet? And it could be on the side of the applicant and the company, right? The client. No, I mean, from both sides. I think it's just, I always do think it's good to keep an open mind from a hiring side or from the candidate side. Um, I'll go back. I don't think the candidates should be hard on themselves and look for a reason other outside that outside of the fact that 
you know, they probably have too many skills for the job. It could be boring for them, to be honest. It could be grunt work for them, where um, maybe in the past they're managing a team that was doing this. Um, we give the best advice to people. You always want to move forward and move up. When you're writing your resume, you want to sell your last skill that you had, your last position, to move into the next position. You don't want to sell your position 10 positions ago um, or 10 roles ago because those skills kind of become irrelevant too if you're trying to progress in your career. So I, I say the same thing with the qualified candidates or the seasoned candidates that if you're writing your resume and you're looking at your resume, would it make sense to go from managing a team of 10 and being an SVP to um, an analyst and managing no one and doing the work of that team that you managed or going from a national level to a local level? Um, that, that's probably the best comparison. I mean, the similarity it would be going from president to local congressman. Uh, usually you don't see that progression. That's a good point. That's a very mm -hmm. good point. I mean, unless, you know, you really are, you really like, you know, I agree. I agree with yeah. you, Nick. You rarely, you rarely see that. Franca? I think that I agree with Greg. And, you know, for candidates, don't be intimidated. You know, bring what you have to the table. Knowledge is power. Always remember that experience is invaluable. So I, I definitely think candidates of any age just, uh, you know, have courage, have have self, uh, you know, worth and, and definitely have that confidence that you need to get a job uh, or pass through the interview process because clients want a candidate with confidence. If I'm speaking to you and I'm confident about what I could do and do for the company and bring us to the next level, hey, that's what, you know, that's how it's going to make it, make it work and be a success. Other than that, uh, you know, it, it won't be. So it's, it's good to have that skill, that knowledge, and don't be discouraged about it. If anything, encourage yourself about it because you will stand out over other candidates that don't have as much experience and knowledge as you do. No, and I, I could say, speaking for ourselves internally, our staff ranges from age 24 to 78, 79. Wow. 81. 81? 81, yeah. 81, so. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. We have pretty much every generation. So mm -hmm. just to have such a, such a diverse workforce with all that experience and different levels of experience and someone that's got two years in recruiting and then someone that's got 40 years in recruiting and maybe had another career before that. It's just, it really brings a lot of wealth of knowledge to the workforce. And yes. advice to companies too, that it's always good to have that diversity. Um, yes. You get different levels of stability, you get different work mentalities. Uh, it's all, it's, it's interesting. It's a great dynamic. Yes. It is a great dynamic. I'm all for diversity. So good yes. for ACG. And yes. uh, well, you know, time, our time's run out, but Franca, we're going to have you back next week, right? Because we got more stuff to talk about. Okay. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Yeah. It's been great having you, Franca. Greg. Thank you. Likewise. It's always a pleasure, Greg. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> One of these uh, podcasts soon. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Franca and Greg. Thank you, dear listeners and viewers. Until next week. Thank you so much. Thank you.